ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on this uh, day one post Jim isn't gone anywhere. It's going to be really interesting to see, like, what, what, how, like, is he going to go to the games? What's he going to do? There's so many questions. Roll along here, though. We'll get back to the phone lines uh, with your calls a little bit. But we got uh, guests, former player guests, that we want to talk to here coming up in the next few segments. So we got kind of players from three different uh, eras that will be on the program today. We got Aton Thomas uh, coming up uh, later. We got Gene Waldron coming up. In uh, about uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. But uh, right now, let's bring on uh, Chris Joseph. Uh, uh, Chris Joe, uh, we were talking yesterday about this time, and things got weird in that post game press conference, and uh, they haven't stopped getting weird since. <laughs> What's your take on all this since we uh, we last uh, hung up with each other about 23 hours ago? Man, I'm in, uh, I'm in, I guess I, I could say I'm in, in shock a bit. You know what I mean? But I also did say that it was really 50-50. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. I thought that because of the competitor that I know he is, maybe he would want to um, finish on a stronger note, on a better note. But the body of work that he's put in at 47 years, it doesn't get much better than that. He's been, you know, uh, a great icon in Syracuse and Central New York, so... I am happy for him that he can get to relax and he doesn't have to yell anymore at players and things of that nature. Um, and he can just enjoy basketball, go to a few games now, and maybe sit from the stands and, and, and you know, uh, and coach from the sidelines, but in his head. You know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> he'll probably be thinking what he would have done in certain situations, but I'm glad. I am um, I'm shocked about him leaving a bit, but I'm super, super happy for Coach Red, uh, Coach Autry, sorry. And um, he deserves it, you know what I mean? And, and and Coach Archer, when he came in in 2011 to replace my guy, Coach Murphy, now shout out to Coach Murphy, we had an instant connection. And the reason being is because he's the one that told Syracuse about me in the first place, why Murphy even started to recruit me. So we kind of go back to my days when I went to high school in, in D.C. And, um, you know, we were connected through that. So I'm really happy for Red. He's put the work in. And I'm happy to see him make a move across the hall into the big office. Well, let's start on that, uh, Chris, the idea of Red. Because you're right, he he showed up here, that was halfway through your career. So you, you were just getting into the starting lineup. Obviously, you had played a significant role before that. But, you know, what what did you get the sense of from Red, like, day one, uh, going back, of, you know, what, what he could be someday? Well, for one, I'd say this. Red definitely commanded. He was with the, with the Fords and... You know, when when you're a new coach, when you're a new anything, a new kid in school, it, it could be difficult. But I think he, he already had our respect, whether he knew it or not, because he's a former player. And we're, we always respect the guys who came before us and, um, you know, put in the work to, to, to make Syracuse what it is today, by today in 2011. And uh, so he already had our respect, and he came in. And what I like most about Red is he didn't come in like, I'm a coach, you're a player, you listen to everything I say. We really had an open dialogue. Um, You could talk to him if you felt like there was an issue, whether it was with coach, whether it was with a play. I mean, Coach Red helped me a a couple times throughout that that year where I could have snapped 
whether it was on Scoop for not passing me the ball or Dion, whether it was for Coach taking me out the game for something I didn't do, but he thought it was me. You know what I mean? So Red and I have had a great relationship for years, and um, I'm not surprised that he's in this position today because, like I said, he works extremely hard. Obviously, he knows his basketball, one of the greatest guards to come out of Syracuse, one of the greatest players to come out of Harlem and New York City. So um, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And he's a player's coach. If he brings that same approach that he brought when he was assistant from the first day that he walked through those doors, he's going to have major success here as uh, head coach at Syracuse. I think we know this thing. Uh, Chris Joseph is our, our guest. Uh, Chris, like the idea that like, you got to be yourself, right, when you're head coach. Like if Red tries to be Jim Beheim, uh, that that's not going to work. Like uh, Mike Hopkins was on that staff. Like Red knew, like you can't be Hop. Hop, Hop had a crazy energy about him. Like that's just not who who Red is. How much do you think Red's temperament uh, puts him in a position to succeed in this this new job he's got? Well, I think the one thing about Red is he's going to connect with the players. You know, that's one thing he is going to be able to do. Um, and you do have to be yourself. Red is somebody who is going to keep it real with you. You know, no matter what, he's never going to tell you what you want to hear. He's always going to tell you what you need to hear. Then that goes from one year there. That goes to when he's recruiting players to come play for him. He's always going to be straightforward. He's not going to beat around the bush. And he's always going to do what's in the player's best interest. And I witnessed that with a few situ- uh, with the situation when we had a player transfer. And, you know, they were going back and forth. Uh, the player and he, the player and, and Coach Beheim, and ultimately Red was, you know, really real and, and, and let him know that, you know what, whatever is going to make you happy in the end. So he's really for the players, and that's what's going to make him successful. And that's why kids are going to want to run through a wall for him is because he's not just going to be surface level with you. He's going to really understand you. He's going to do everything in his power to understand you as a person and the player, not just the player. All right, Chris Joseph with us. And, you know, obviously that that's the future. But let's get back to Coach Beheim a, a little bit here. So take, take me through how, how does a relationship like yours change with Coach over the years? You know, you come in as a freshman, then you become a star of the team, and now here we are 10 years later. Uh, Chris, t- take us through that path for you with, with your relationship with Coach Beheim. Coming as a freshman, um, you know, I don't know – where Bayheim thought I'd fit in within the grand scheme of things, rotational-wise and things like that. But um, I think I proved myself earlier on in my freshman uh, my freshman year. Um, I, gained his, I gained his respect playing in big games against Florida, in, uh, in Florida when we played them and when we beat Kansas. Um, I think I started a game or played a game in, against Memphis where I did well. So I knew that coach and I, obviously there were times where you know, I thought he might have wanted to punch me in the face because he was so <laughs> mad, you know, because of a misrotation, misrebound, a turnover, a charge. I was good for those, at least two charges a game, you know. But um, so then into my sophomore year, or back to my classic story after my freshman year when he told me that in order to play for him, I'd have to lose weight because I was too fat for my position and um, that I would have to be able to shoot the ball and run a lot more than I have been able to my freshman year because I'm going to be real. With all those DNPs, I put on that freshman 15, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> um, so he kept it real with me, and then that's when I, I realized that, you know what, I appreciate Coach, especially after one year when he told me that the day that he stops yelling my name and the day that he stops nagging me for doing things right is the day that I have to worry because that means that he, he, does, he just doesn't care anymore. And I tell that story to the kids that I coach today is, you know, when a coach is on you, it's because they care. 
And the moment that they don't, it's because they just gave up. You know what I mean? So when I once he once he told me that, I knew that we were treading in the right direction. And like you said, I come back my junior year, uh, my role increases after West Andy leave. Um, I'm a starter now. I'm the focal point of the scout, the opponent's scout report, and he he trusted me to be able to fill that role. And he gave me the confidence to, you know, play basketball to the best of my abilities. Never really limited me. I proved myself to him that I could shoot the ball much better. And um, he rocked with me. You know what I mean? And 10 years later, coming back, I always wondered why it was that Derek Coleman would come back and hug on Bayheim so much and just laugh. And get, I'm like, man, I, I never laughed so much with Coach. I never seen him laugh <laughs> so much before. You know what I mean? And coming back years later, sitting in his office or sitting in the Mellow Center, sitting in his office at the Dome and just talking basketball with him and sharing laughs and sharing knowledge. Um, just an amazing human being who, who really appreciates his players and what they, they've done ultimately for him, right? No players, no wins. Um, so I, I think he really appreciates his former players, especially the ones who, you know, didn't give him too much of a hard time. <laughs> And, um, you know, our relationship has grown strong ever since my first day coming onto campus. All right, Chris. Uh, good stuff. I wish we had been doing postgame right now. That was, uh, you know, the original plan for uh, for life. But uh, th- things done changed here in the last 24 hours. Uh, good, good to chat, my friend, and uh, be, be safe. We'll catch up again soon, okay? All right. Appreciate you. That is uh, the great Chris Joseph. Always good to chat with Chris. Man, it was, uh, it was right about now. 24 hours from now, Chris and I were sitting here minding our own business, hosting a little postgame show that press conference happened and well here we are here we are red entree the new orange basketball coach jim Beheim, no longer the syracuse basketball coach has the word retired been used yet i'm still on no still on no on uh, that one we'll be hearing from uh, red uh, tomorrow i'm not sure when we're going to hear from uh, jim uh, to my knowledge we're not going to hear from jim in any context uh, tomorrow but uh, we shall see uh, early days early days we'll take a break talk to one of the guys that played for jim back in the Early days in the early days of the Dome. Gene Waldron joins us when we come back after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.